0: Hurry up! That was an awkward intro to the audio version. I had to yell at my kid to hurry up going potty. That's that's just how it goes sometimes. Uh, hello, internet. My name is Spamoman, as always. Your host of Drink to the Past, the only podcast where the past drinks you. Also, share and subscribe and ring that bell to get notifications every Friday when we go live on YouTube. Sort of, except for uh. uh yeah, uh, so we're, we're actually, this is gonna be, we're gonna take a week off next week, and then we're not gonna go live every Friday for a little bit after that, uh, cause we're gonna go on a temporary hiatus while I have a buttload of things going on on Friday for, like, several months, so we will, we, we will get to you when we get to you, but it will not be every Friday consistently for a little while, so, uh. I guess I should reword the ubiquitous opening monologue. Um, so Joshua Thompson in the YouTube chat is asking, which version of FF1 is this, the PS1 version? And no, this is the Pixel remaster. This is the which, Pixel remaster. Yeah, recently came out on Steam. And uh, I'm waiting for the Switch port, because well, if, if they put this on Switch, I would have bought it, like, instantly. Um, I, I feel like there's a large market of people who would like... This game on Switch, and uh, I am I am most of them. Uh, I forgot to update the uh, beer of the week from last week, so let's uh, let's drink uh, to me forgetting to update the beer of the week. So, uh, if you're reading the bottom of the screen, that is not the beer of the week because this is not a vanilla porter, nor is it from Dry Dock Brewing. This is from Three Weavers Brewing. Uh, this is Cloud City. Hazy IPA, which came in a Hazy IPA mix pack that I bought that's, uh, from several different things. Uh, yeah, apparently Josh has not heard of the Pixel Remaster, so yeah, it's up on Steam right now. There's, I think Final Fantasy 1 through 3 are available now, and 4, 5, and 6 are coming pretty soon sometime, I believe, if... They're they're all
1: supposed to come out this year. Yeah,
0: so, uh... Yeah, if they're not all already out, I think they are coming out.
1: So what's interesting about this version is uh, that this actually is, um, it, it misses a lot of like the added content, but it's pretty, my understanding is it's supposed to be pretty true to the gameplay of uh, the original NES version.
0: Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, Asking if there's a Switch port in the works, there is not any announcement of a Switch port, but it'd sell well, so write angry letters to Square Enix and tell them to put it on Switch, because it would be perfect for Switch. Why isn't it on Switch? Uh Yeah, Uh, today on Sean Drinks Something Stupid, I have some extra hot dogs left over from dinner, so I thought I will make a cocktail and I will use this hot dog as a straw. So if you were here for the awkward audio in the pre-show, that was me uh, shoving this chopstick through this hot dog in order to make it hollow, so hopefully I can suck a cocktail through it. So we're going to make the cocktail right here in front of you like an amazing cocktail wizard. Uh, Josh asks, why isn't everything on Switch? And and I really don't know. I would buy everything on Switch,
1: right? Which is not powerful enough to handle certain things.
0: Shh. It's not an excuse. <laughs> It'll come on Switch Pro, right? Because all the rumors are always true, right? Anyways, uh, so I've got... Uh, I was trying to think of what would go well with a hot dog straw... And um, I was like, uh, hot dogs are sort of salty, meaty flavor, so let's do something sweet and salty. I got some uh, coconut rum here and a uh, little bit of tonic water to make it a more fully realized cocktail. So a bit of tonic water and uh, coconut rum. And then I was thinking, you know what else is good? is sweet and spicy. So I've got some Creole seasoning here. When I was a kid, I I thought that this was, like, I was literally told by somebody that the, it was a different brand, but it was the same kind of Creole seasoning, was like the hottest thing in the world, literally the hottest spice, and so I thought I was all tough when I, when I ate it, and I was not, this is not very spicy in the grand scheme of spicy shit, so, uh. It's like babies first spice. Yeah, so. I guess this will get sweet and salty, and this, this spice mix is pretty salty anyway. And, uh, ooh, it's fizzing up. Apparently, if you put Creole seasoning in here, <laughs> it uh, it can fizz up. So, anyways, then I'm going to drink this with a hot dog straw. Um, Josh says your new name has to be Chris. It's not powerful enough to handle certain things on
1: It's not powerful enough to handle certain things on it. Well, see, that would insult me.
0: I forgot to say I am joined by co-hosts and or guests at the end of the ubiquitous opening monologue, so I have to drink, uh, which I will gladly do. Um, And this is my co-host, Chris. It's not powerful enough to handle certain things on it.
1: Uh, It is definitely different from the original Final Fantasy in that you can't miss, uh, it auto-targets a different enemy, as opposed to just, uh, having that, attacks that is nice,
0: because then you can, when you're grinding, you can just, like, pick everybody to attack one goblin, and then when it's dead, they'll attack the next one, which is really yep. useful for grinding. <laughs> so, awesome. That's good to know. It is surprisingly difficult to suck through a hot dog. hmm I didn't expect this to be as much of an obstacle as it is uh, <laughs> I kind of tried to hollow it out pretty good but uh, apparently I did not do a very great job not terribly well composed I would take it yeah because because the hot dog meat kind of like squishes itself back together
1: <clears throat> yeah it's kind of like an emulsion or something mm-hmm
0: well, I got a tiny suck of mostly this spice mix and a little bit of coconut flavor through that hot dog. So uh, now that this has been kind of soaking in the mixture for a little while, I think I'll just take a bite. See how that goes. So
1: people... So I've heard people call this font ugly. Uh,
0: and yeah, honestly... a huge complaint with this game for some reason, and I'm like, dude, I'm, it's I'm, a font. What the fuck? Why well, is this I'm such like, a big issue for so many people?
1: I would be one of the first people to complain about a font. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's it's not so much that it's ugly as that it's just like a bog, standard font. Mm-hmm. Who cares?
0: Hmm. Try to get this hollowed out enough that I can actually suck. But
1: it, It's not necessarily as pretty as some other previous Final Fantasy games. That's yeah, about that's, the only... That's
0: just not working. So, if you're ever trying to make a cocktail... And you need a straw, I do not recommend trying to use a hot dog. I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, bite this down. So it's smaller, maybe, might help. You don't really get much of the flavor dipping a hot dog in coconut rum and tonic water. A little bit of the spice kind of rubs off. and Creole uh, seasoning goes pretty well with a hot dog. So that's pretty good. All things considered... A hot dog with Creole seasoning is a lot better than a lot of the stupid shit that I've drunk on this podcast.
1: I, uh, I believe you.
0: Okay, Josh is telling me to try eating the hot dog through the cocktail. So I'm, I'm gonna drop this last bit into the cocktail. I'm gonna take this like a shot with, with the hot dog in it. And... Chris, uh, you know where your cell gin- phone is just in case I die. You can uh, call yeah. 911, let him know. I
1: don't really remember your address, so I'd just be like saying, hey,
0: yeah, my co host is. It's over on that street.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's in like some condos or something.
0: Yeah. You know. Anywho. Um, okay, so now I'm now I'm debating whether or not this is a good idea. But, uh. Yeah, you think I, think I can beat Garland? Until you die eating something dumb. Uh, the last time I tried playing final fantasy i had difficulty with garland until i gr- uh ground gr- grinded gr- ground garland will still knock you all down so th- at least that hasn't gone yeah away. but that,
1: uh, if that line ever went away i would know for sure that square enix was yeah, a failing just, like, company
0: uninstall and like email steam like i want my money back this isn't real final yeah. fantasy I,
1: that 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 would i i would uh i would ask for a refund <laughs> I would never, I would, I would, uh, cancel my Final Fantasy 14 subscription and I'd do all that stuff. Yeah. Right.
2: But
0: so also, yeah. Th- yeah. As, as we last said, uh, the last time we streamed Final Fantasy was actually me, uh, grinding four white mages. So the fact that you actually have some characters that can do decent melee damage may actually let you do it. I, you know, I don't know. Oh, and you've got spells and stuff. You, did you have enough money to buy spells already?
1: So it gave me 500 gold at the start, so it's clearly not 100% faithful to the original Final Fantasy. Yeah, because I I
0: feel like the original gave you, like, enough to equip, like, one guy with whatever, if you chose a spell or armor for your fighter or whatever, and then you had to grind money for the rest of them. Uh, yeah. Anywho... Uh, now I'm gonna actually take this stupid ass shot. Oh. the hot dog didn't come with it. I got hit. Low well enough level that the-
1: garland is actually a challenge.
0: Uh,
1: Wait, never mind, he died.
0: Hmm.
1: It took literally one hundred percent of my spells, but Tony Stark and Yo Mama handled it.
0: Fuck yeah, Tony Stark and Yo Mama. Uh so if you were not here for the start of the podcast, that was an a YouTube exclusive, Uh, so you're obviously listening on the audio version. Uh, Chris asked what he should name his guys, and I told him to name them Fuckface, McGillicuddy, Tony Stark, and Yo Mama. So, those are the names of his amazing party that is now going to defeat Garland. They already defeated Garland. They're they're the true warriors of light. You just beat the final boss.
1: I mean, actually, they just took some light bulbs out of... uh... You know, the lampposts and These handed
0: them to the king. lukewarm with destiny. <laughs> destiny. <laughs> uh, Josh, in the YouTube chat again, white mages are the best. Uh, wait, no, cat, cat boy white mages are the best. Oh, no. Which is, which is a little bit of a reference to, uh, uh, what you playing, Chris? Because uh, uh, we've I've been, been playing... playing a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV, among other things.
1: I, I did put in, like, a solid day's worth of Final Fantasy XIV over the past week here. Um, between all my playtime, so I am actually a white mage, but not a cat boy white mage or a cat girl white mage. I'm uh, basically an or- the equivalent of an orc white mage, and by that I mean sometimes I heal people between me chucking rocks at the boss.
0: Okay, I I did the shot. <laughs> With, with the best hot dog piece, the coconut rum really throws it all off. That apparently, coconut actually rum... sounds like a
1: clashing flavor.
0: Yeah, apparently, coconut rum and hot dog really is a fucked up combo.
1: <laughs> Hooray! He said he'll build us a bridge, I think.
0: I think this is probably the worst thing I've drunk on the podcast. The the spiciness with the with the hot dog was, was like fine. Uh Swords. But the yeah, the it, it just totally gets uh totally fucked up when you're uh, when you add that rum. Um yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drink the rest of this tonic water, wash that out of my mouth, hopefully. Yes. Blech
1: drinking
0: tonic water i put a little splash in the cocktail so it wasn't like just that (laughs) sean five minutes ago i've drunk something stupider on the podcast uh sean now hold my beer (laughs) thank you josh for your wonderful comments we will drink to you speaking of beer uh chris what you drinking today
1: Good old classic standby, uh, left-hand brewing company, Peanut Butter Milk Stout.
0: Mm, The Peanut Butter one is actually really good. Um, Some people don't care for them Peanut Butter Stouts or Peanut Butter, like, flavory beers as much, but I actually like them pretty well. Um... Yeah, so like I said, I got this Cloud City Hazy IPA. This is actually my favorite from the pack. I don't know where Three Weavers is, because the pack was from several different places, like, across America. Inglewood, um, California, apparently. So, yeah. So if you're in Inglewood, California, I've never even heard of that place. Uh, there's an Anglewood in Colorado, but there's no Inglewood. Um, and, and obviously Colorado is not in... California. But actually, this is a really good hazy IPA. Um, hmm. Yeah. I'm going to give that a solid 15. That's a great IPA.
1: This party is is not lacking for damage.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I've played a little bit of... Final Fantasy fourteen as well. I'm up to level 6, so I'm, I'm catching up there a little bit um, occasionally. Um, yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's weird because I'm playing on PlayStation 5 and it really plays like a PC game and playing it with a controller is strange because they didn't try to make it a controller game. They didn't try to optimize it for controllers. They just kind of let your controller work as effectively a mouse and stuff and it's in like some of it works pretty well and it's fine like when you're in combat it's fine you know you basically instead of having your heart bars obviously on your number keys i assume it's where it is on pc on or if you're playing with a mouse and keyboard or whatever um then it's uh you you basically hold down the right trigger for one hot bar of different things for uh your face buttons so you're up down left right on the d-pad and triangle square circle and x and you can hotkey anything to those items or or on the left trigger so you get basically 16 hotkey things that you can use so for that it works seemingly okay i don't have that many things that i can do in combat yet because i'm only level six but uh I'm like it it seems like in combat that'll work pretty fine. I I think that'll work okay. But the menus are awful cuz they want to be uh basically made to they're made for PC. So it it feels like I should push i for inventory like you do in most pc games or or uh you know m for the map but they're not most things are not bound to a specific button you can toggle between hotbar settings so there's basically i have one set of hotbars for combat and then if you push r1 it switches all of your hotbars and then that kind of brings up hotbars for all of your different menus your because you've got two inventories basically for your equipment and your like just shit that you're carrying around and then the other one for combat so it's 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 super weird how it's handled and for menus it is it is terrible it feels actually legitimately awful to play like that uh I'm, I'm a little worried I think about once it. i get used to it it won't be as much of an issue because it'll just be like if I remember how to get into my inventory and use the map, mostly that's what I'll need to do. The map is really hard, though, because, like, in order to move the map around, you have to click and scroll it, which, with the PlayStation 5 touchpad on the controller, is really, really awkward to do that. And it feels very unnatural. And I'm like... But you can't, like, click into it and then use the thumbstick or anything, as far as I can tell. And I'm like, if this... Again, if it was on PC, this wouldn't be a problem. i just click it around and move it around with the mouse. But it's it's super awkward on a controller. Uh, Josh says, maybe get a mouse and keyboard for your PS5. Uh, they... I was just about to suggest that. Yeah, it's, it's something I've vaguely considered, but... Uh... I don't know. Like I like playing with a controller just in general, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing for now. But it is something that I may consider eventually, because uh, you it does have a PC or, or keyboard mouse option, and uh, so that that's a legitimate way to get around all of these issues. If you are playing on PlayStation and you want to play the quote-unquote real way, then that's fine. But I don't have a good uh, setup to do that, because I'd like like, a wireless setup if I was going to do that, because then I'm playing on my PlayStation 5. I got my big-ass 4K TV and all that, Uh, which is actually why I chose to play it on PlayStation 5 in the first place because I thought I could download it on my Xbox, theoretically, or my PC, theoretically, right? Because it's available in lots of places. But I specifically chose the PlayStation 5 because it's got an actual PS5 4K updated version. So, theoretically, it'll look and run better on my PlayStation 5 than any other device that I own. So, I'm like... That seemed like a good idea at the time, yeah. So oh, it's it's a work in progress. I will, I'll keep it going, but uh, it it is certainly weird. <clears throat> um, other than that, I've played uh, a bit of. I finished uh, No More Heroes number one again, uh, just earlier today. Which uh, I got No More Heroes three when it came out last week, and I played just a little bit of it. Uh, and it's, it was pretty cool, but I was, like, in the middle of a playthrough, mostly towards the end in No More Heroes 1, so I was like, I'll just grind out the last little bit, and, uh, and get it. So, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. It's, there's a lot of weird plot points right at the end of the game that I had totally forgotten, too, and I'm like, yes, this is, it's, it's just some weird Crazy off the wall bullshit like no more heroes is kind of that's that's the whole thing. That's why you play it, and it's it was it was pretty great to see the ending again. I was like, I'm good with this. Uh, You've been playing anything else, Chris? Let's
1: see, I've also played a little bit of Dota two,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is still fun, but the uh, but you don't need to hear more about that.
0: Right, it's Dota two let's <laughs> see pretty much yeah, all right so shall we get into the news and booze? Let's all right um forgot my bagpipe practice chanter, so I I'm, I'm gonna go also pipes real quick well I want to say one more thing entertain you by singing a jaunty tune
1: I don't know any jaunty tunes that I can sing. My vocal cords i ought of practice with the singing. John just lied to you. I'm not singing a jaunty tune. But if I could sing a jaunty tune, I would sing a jaunty tune. I'd be the best at singing a jaunty tune.
0: How jaunty was your tune, Chris?
1: Uh, I mostly just talked. It was not jaunty at all. Lame. It was like a complete failure of jauntyness.
0: So, not very much news and moves this day, but uh, Nintendo has announced Big Brain Academy, Brain vs. Brain, is coming out December 3rd. So, uh, it's a new entry in the Big Brain Academy series, which I have never even touched with a 10-foot pole. Uh, you interested in Brain Academy? I
1: don't believe I've ever touched that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm vaguely like, it looks like a game my kids might enjoy, okay? Maybe get some learning in their video game time, or brain training, or exercise, or whatever they advertise it as. It, it, it looks okay. Um, for what it is, I, the, uh, series seems to be very well revered, so I'm like, I don't know, it's not really the thing I would probably buy for myself, but I'm like. I don't know, I'll see if my kids are interested, show them a trailer or something. So apparently we don't have much to say about that. Um, China passed new legislation banning children from playing video games on weekdays and limiting consumption on weekends to curb digital addictions. Did you hear about this?
1: I have heard about this, and this makes me think, uh, China really likes to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm Mm-hmm uh does given 10 cent stake in so many video game companies i feel like this can't help but you know hurt them mhm it's just, just kind
0: of a weird thing yeah um i think this is just like a weird thing to do like, like, just let kids be kids to an extent, you know. I mean, I, I, I kind of almost get the idea behind, like, wanting to, you know, get digital addiction. Yeah, I, it's a problem all over the world, but at the same time, like, that's that's their parents' problem, right?
1: Yeah, but I um, mean, this is, this is China.
0: It is China. So I'm like, you kind of gotta look at it like that, but it's like, the fuck, China?
1: I don't know. It seems like a boneheaded move, and Mm -hmm. one that's not actually going to do much of anything, but if it worked the way they wanted it to, uh, they would definitely be shooting themselves in the foot. Yep. So, that's my thoughts about that.
0: Don't shoot yourself in the foot, China. Alright, and there was also a third piece of news and booze that I... thought about writing down, but now I forget what it was, and I didn't write it down, so I have to drink. Um, Is there any news and booze you can think of, Chris? Have you heard Uh, any other gaming shit recently?
1: Other gaming shit recently. All I know is that I'm about to go fight Bicky, probably the dumbest pirate in the world, uh, with The OG 8-Bit Theater crew.
0: Fuck him up. Except you guys got, like, better names.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Fighter, McSwordston, Thief, (laughs) uh, Prince of the Elves, uh, Red Mage... I I forget what his fucking name is, but Black Mage, Evil Wizardington. That's the one I remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's the best one. You ever kill nine pirates in a row? Yes.
1: These pirates are bitches. (laughs) Most of them go down in one hit.
0: Yeah. Unless you're a black mage hitting them with your staff. Or four white mages hitting them with your... Also probably a staff, but maybe a hammer. Anywho, uh, let's get into our table topic. That's the tune I played last, I I read the uh, tune names wrong, so that, 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 that tune, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I started the tune and I'm like, this is awfully familiar, didn't I play this like five minutes ago? So here's the news and booze theme song instead of the table topic theme song. let's drink in celebration of cool theme songs. Alright, so, Mm. table topic this week. Is it ever appropriate for a player character to betray the party? Or otherwise do, like, evil shit? Or bad stuff for the party?
1: Yeah! I, I mean, obviously, depends on the group. There are definitely groups where... If you do that, you are going to ruin everybody's fun. Right. But there, but I think with like a properly with proper communication about what's allowed, and like the right kind of investment, that can add a lot to a game.
0: Yeah, I had an interesting story that I've told before about um, an evil character that I played one time where I actually killed a party member, although. It was was a very unique situation where the party member was literally going to die no matter what happened. And I saved him because basically he was drowning in a swamp full of zombies that were eating him at the bottom of a swamp. And I sent. I was a necromancer, so I sent one of my zombies in to go save him and throw him back up onto the boat. And then I kept trying to use my heal spell, which was bleed. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not very good at, uh, at white magic, guys. And uh, but I I had played with the group for a little while, and I the particular player that I was playing with, I'd played with several times, and I thought of all people, he might he might dig this kind of interaction and literally he wasn't mad about it partially because like he was 99% sure he was going to die. Anyway, he was working on his new character when I pulled him out of the swamp, even though he was technically alive when I did. So he was at like
1: negative eight or something
0: negative eight or something. He was, it was like one save from death (laughs) effectively, maybe a couple of saves, but I was like, uh, yeah. And so it, In that particular instance, it worked out that it was appropriate to my character, and nobody was, like, hurt for it. And by nobody, I mean no actual players, because I I, I think that's, like, what you would really want to avoid, is hurting another player's feelings in some way, or, or, you know, making them feel uncomfortable, or killing their fun, like you said, you know because if you're doing any of those things you're probably being a dick about it It, and it's, I feel like this situation is very specific and I've never encountered another situation like it where it would be appropriate except for that but I think depending on your group and other factors it it could happen in theory
1: so you remember when I was playing that other character who beat your character unconscious, right, and yeah. ended up dying because of it. Yes. Same, same character, by the way. Same same character. Yes, who, uh, yes.
0: I was I was the necromancer again, and and on an unrelated note, you had died, and I had made you one of my undead minions. Yes which is exactly what I did to the first guy that I killed. Uh, But yeah, actually, that's another interesting uh, thing to bring up. I had kind of forgotten about that part, but that was actually a really cool scene between the two of us also, because you were, like, a very chaotic character anyway. And and it wasn't so much a betrayal as it was, like... Because what happened was my character got possessed by a ghost, and the only means that anybody really had to get the ghost out of me and make it stop possessing me was basically to, um... beat the shit out of me, which would cause damage to the ghost, I think, and if you had made enough damage happen, then he had to make a save to get out... Something like that. So anyways, we figured out that damaging me made the ghost get out of me, and, uh you beat me within an inch of my life. (laughs) And it was at that point that my character in character was just like, okay, you know what? You are useful, but you are more of a liability because of shit like this. And I vaporized (laughs) you with some kind of spell. Uh, And an
1: important part of this was that uh, my character was also like, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. Was how I was... So I was I was not trying to pull my punches at all. I was trying to beat you to death.
0: Yeah. And admittedly, in this situation... Like, because you were playing to your character also... I, I don't think I would have been mad if my character had died there. I would have been, like, kind of upset because I really loved playing that character. But I would have been like... That was a... Ne- you know, that was a that would have been a cool death story to have for later, you know. Because I, I think yeah. that's a, a cool thing about D&D sometimes, is, is character deaths. You know, you, you have these as, you know, marks on your, you know, gaming record or,
1: or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's but like... It's,
0: it's like, yeah. <clears throat>
1: whenever you have an interesting character death... Uh...
0: Hurrah, his fuckface. Who died there? <laughs> or was it Yo Mama?
1: It was, uh, let's see, it was uh, Yo Mama Arise died.
0: Your mama. Arise, your Mama. <laughs> yeah, he's not allowed to
1: take over hell. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, that's expensive. These guys are dying a lot more than I remember in most of my playthrough in Final, Final Fantasy. Maybe because I'm just rushing it.
0: Maybe. I feel like you're getting through at a much better pace than I ever have, also.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'll get slowed down because if I were to go late game with this because I don't have a white mage
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, I have a red mage instead which is like definitely worse
0: yeah it's I don't know it's kind of a toss up like as a healer obviously yes uh, and for late game you can't get any of the best heal spells too I think right
1: yeah, you and, can't and get the uh, level eight.
0: Get holy or whatever, so you don't get the best damage spell. But no. also late game, red mages kinda wreck with their uh sword abilities almost as much as fighter, if I remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, red mages are like pretty good physical damage dealers, and uh Yo Mama died again. God damn it.
0: Damn it, yo mama.
1: <laughs> I'm drinking for that.
0: Alright, every time Yo Mama dies we have to drink.
1: I don't want to die, but... <laughs> sounds fair.
0: Right. If Fuckface dies, we have to drink twice.
1: Well, I gotta go get him resurrected again.
0: <laughs> At least he um. got a bunch of money from that. Although, uh, the problem is Yo Mama didn't get any of the experience because he was dead.
1: Oh, it's, uh... I don't know, there's just something about him that makes ogre clubs get attracted to his face. Apparently. I'm, I'm beginning to think this is truer than I thought to a 8-bit theater than it <laughs> was originally.
0: Right. Everybody wants to kill Black Mage.
1: Well, I only destroyed Onrak three times. Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> um... So back to our table topic. Um I'm Trying oh. to think of where else to go with this, because I had an idea, but now I'm I'm trying to think of what it was. I, <laughs> I brain farted in the middle of, you know, conversation and then Final Fantasy shit.
1: Would you mind if I uh went off with it until uh you did? Yeah, go ahead. So in terms of uh let's see in terms of party, intra-party betrayal, I think as long as the players are all kind of accepting of the risk, it can be a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have experienced uh, some party betrayal shenanigans where the players, at least one of the players involved was very unhappy with it. It mm-hmm. definitely did ruin their fun. Um, so, being aware that if you betray the party, that you might get, you know, killed in response. Which I, I feel like is a reasonable thing to expect, right?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: but it's worth saying, hey, this can cost you... You can't do this, this might cost you... Or you can do this, but it might cost you your character. Um, it's, it's like a thing that needs to be explicitly addressed, and shouldn't be addressed at the time that someone's trying to betray, because then it kind of ruins the surprise. Mm-hmm. It should be like, uh, like you talk about it beforehand, right?
0: Yeah. So, if you were planning to betray the party, <laughs> would you talk to the GM before you try and kill me?
1: Uh, yes. Gen- uh, general, unless it was, like, spur of the moment, like it was in that game where that made sense. But then again, I, I know you pretty well. So,
0: right. Yeah. Um, got a comment here from Josh Thompson again. He's all kind of commenting today. So that's wonderful. Um, I've never had a good experience with party betrayal that didn't have some kind of story hook that could be worked out. If it happens at all, the betrayer must never win. It's kind of an interesting take because, Uh, I guess in our case, I was the betrayer once. It it, it wasn't, I guess mine was betrayal adjacent. It wasn't really betrayal because it was, more or less, it was saving a corpse so I could turn it into a zombie is basically what it is. Like, ooh, spare parts. I only killed him because I needed to, right? Yeah. That's kind of a fucked up way to look at it. But, you know, I was... Like, I was expecting him to be dead when my zombies threw him up onto the boat, and so was he, the other player. And so I was like, uh, okay, I'll try and heal him, guys. And, uh, yeah, that was, because I I expected him to be dead, and he's like, yeah, he's, he's like barely hanging on. I'm like, bleed. I need a corpse, damn it. Uh, but then in your case, you betrayed me, and admittedly, I was the evil guy in the party that was, like, subtly coercing our party into taking over the world by, you know, my so- means, which we, we never quite got there, but, you know, we we kept going into places where I would kind of... Manipulate the party a little bit in order to. It, it, it was still kind of a communal thing because, like, if, if, like, all the other players didn't want to do exactly what I wanted, then I, you know, I probably would have worked with it and rolled with it or whatever. But I, I kind of tried to, you know, have my character come off as, as this kind of guy who's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally friendly with everybody. We're all buddies here and whatever. But, um,. Then he was, uh, or I would, I would kind of, you know, push the party gently into going down the path that gives me the most power, and I was very successful in that. I ended up somehow accidentally becoming an officer of the law, and, uh, abusing that power and and then we went into another country where i didn't have any power and i i i totally bullshitted my way through it i said oh yeah uh i've uh, infiltrated the ranks of this other country <laughs> and then i was playing both countries back and forth and it was actually some interesting <laughs> political bullshit that we got into as well but um Where the hell was I going with this? I I was going to tell the story about you betraying me, and that did not work out very well for you, because as we've already been over, yours was also, I guess, betrayal adjacent, because you were trying to help me by exercising the evil spirit, which, on an unrelated, related note, I also took that evil spirit with Command Undead, and uh, he was a cleric, and I made him my healer for my... Little party of zombies, which was kind of awesome because
1: I remember it was our characters were <clears throat> at the time were both like different kinds of evil yes uh so it was just a matter of yeah it, 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 there were there was some philosophical disagreement there
0: mm-hmm yeah. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't working out. We we have to see other people. And by that, I mean, I'm going to go get more zombies and I'm going to blow you up now. And then I blew you up. Uh... Yeah, so, again, I guess it is kind of situational. So, hmm. I thought of where I was going to go with that, and then I, now I've forgotten it again, so I'm pretty sure I have to drink again. But Hey,
1: yo, Mama leveled up. Now he's less of a squishy bitch.
0: I hear something outside, like a motorcycle, but what? there shouldn't be In terms of... that close to my house.
1: In terms of, um, what was it? Saying the betrayer must always lose? Maybe. I don't... I don't agree with that. <clears throat> mostly because I don't like having, e- even if it's like a thing the pl- party players are agreeing to. It's let the do- dice fall where they may, right? I want to see yeah. things resolve how they would resolve, not <clears throat> not whatever is best for the group necessarily. If betrayal's on the t- table, otherwise it doesn't anything
0: yeah i kind of agree with that and i think in a lot of cases it's going to be skewed against the betrayer yeah because in most cases i feel like you know if there's going to be a player character betray the rest of the party it's going to be a player character it's not going to be like 50 50 split because if it's a 50-50 split, and then it's then you're probably being a dick about it, right? And you should probably just be like, Hey, we don't want to play these characters. Can we write them out and make different characters? Because they don't agree philosophically with the party. Or, if it's an actual player-to-player player issue, then you should split the group and, and just not play together, right? Because... Otherwise, I feel like it's going to just end up making everybody in the group get butthurt.
1: I feel like I've had some very recent experience with the. Actually, both of these things. Both the Hmm. betrayal angle of things in a game and the half of the party not, like, meshing with the other half of the party. Right. Um. And in terms of the betrayal angle of things, it's the character who was originally going to betray the party ended up coming around to their, kind of their side.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and ended up like triple-crossing the people they were originally working with, so that ended up being really cool. Uh,
0: that would make some interesting development.
1: And then with the party splitting up it was um basically half of the party was like holy paladins and cleric types churchgoers mm-hmm. um and the other half were people that were getting involved with like I'm, I'm not sure if
0: evil's the right word
1: but like definitely stuff that wasn't sanctioned by the church and would get you strung up by the neck mm-hmm. uh so they ended up, uh, so the player, one of the players playing those characters ended up, uh, kind of demoting that character to NPC duty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm like, I guess with that, I wasn't so happy with the way that worked out just because it's like, oh, well, shit, the party went in a different direction than you guys thought it would. Um, and now you, you can't feel you feel like you can't play your character anymore which, which that sucks it's like it sucks to like invest something of yourself into and, and like hours of time into playing a character and then be like well this is just not going to work out how not not only not how i want it to but not in like a way i can play it anymore
0: yeah that's Kind of related to something i was actually planning with my necromancer character because i realized i was playing an evil character in a generally good party and i think i worked it out pretty well where again you know we were usually doing things that worked out pretty well for the greater good but i was doing things that worked out for the greater good in such a way that it also put me into positions of power and, and things like that. And so I, I, I think I played it pretty well. But also, you know, in certain cases, I got kind of morally a morally gray here and there doing, you know, shady necromancy shit and various things like that. And we had a paladin in the party. And uh, something that I, I kind of feared playing with this party was that eventually it would come up that the paladin and my character the necromancer would just not be able to coexist in the same party anymore and we we always made it work out and but if we ever returned to that you know dynamic and continued playing it i think eventually there's a point where those two characters their goals would have been so far apart that we would have probably had to you know split up the party because of character goals just not at all working together to make a cohesive party, or potentially I was always ready for the idea that it might come to blows, that I might do something too shady, and the paladin would say, okay, hold the fuck on. I need to take care of you right now. And so I actually had several, like, backup plans for, like, okay, if shit goes sideways, like... I would have felt bad in that situation if they were just playing their character and then I killed them. And, you know, if we came to Blows and literally just PvP'd it out, I think we both would have had a decent shot at killing the other. But I was like... I don't know that I would feel good if this situation came up and I ended up being the person who killed the Paladin, right? Yeah. And, and then... I wonder if that would work out for the rest of the party. Like, hey, the Paladin, like, fought you because you were doing some shady shit, and then you killed him, and and now none of us are okay with that. You know, so I, 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 I felt like that could really put me in a hard place as not just a character, but a player, right? So, my basically, my plan was I would escape, and uh, knowing our GM and how much he likes, uh, you know... Keeping player characters involved even sometimes after they've, you know, moved on from the party or different things. And, and, and he's really big into the lore building, world building as well. So I thought, if this comes up, I'm going to do everything I can to escape. I will literally sacrifice all of my zombies just making a wall to, you know, for me to escape. Because also that that was something that kind of played into my character was this kind of self preservation aspect, because when like that was something I was very tactically minded when I was taking my turns, I would always be very careful about my positioning and make sure that like there was very, very few chances to ever hit my character. And, you know, my character got hit, but most of the time. I would be able to hide behind a wall of zombies somehow, and I would position them sometimes that they're a big-ass circle of zombies around me, or sometimes just, you know, a wall in front of me, or whatever I needed tactically at the time. Um, And that was my kind of backup plan, is I'd be like, okay, I'm going to cast, uh, you know, mage armor on myself, and run, and all my zombies are gonna, you know, stagger themselves to, you know block the paladin from getting to me, and then I would escape, and I would, you know, just become part of the lore, and maybe come up at a later point, because it totally would've fit into the campaign, and uh, I think it would've been something that the DM would've been into if my character went to evil, and then left the party, and then came back later as a boss. I I think would've been really cool, and I, I think our DM would have been up for that. So that was that was kind of my plan.
1: So how what happened? That's not what happened. Instead we, up, we went full evil.
0: Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Cause the Paladin I think stopped showing up to groups as much and uh, you ended up being kind of the my main cohort. And until I killed you. (laughs) But we've been over that. So, Um, yeah, go ahead.
1: Let's see. You know, what's funny is I don't think I've ever played a character that, like, betrayed the party. Mm -hmm. But I've never been like, Oh, this character betrayed the party. That just ruined my fucking fun. Right. Uh, I've always felt like that's, added, like, an el- an interesting element to things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, depending on how it goes, it definitely could ruin my fun, but in general I've been, like... I I don't know, because it, it, it hasn't really come up for me very much, either. I, I'm struggling to think of another situation outside of these ones that we've kind of already talked about, that it's actually come up in a playgroup of mine. So, you know... Yeah, so I guess
1: the closest thing to a betrayal that's happened recently in my campaign, uh, more like a betrayal of an NPC that some of the party members work for, um, which uh, was uh, actually our uh, our buddy Josh mm-hmm. accepting a quest from one of the local evil deities. Uh, or like so, semi evil, I guess would be a
0: better word. I like that there's just a local evil deity. It's just like, hey, I'm gonna go down to the pub and see John, the fucked up god of destruction. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a pint with John.
1: <laughs> but he basically got a quest that said, "Hey, take this. Uh, th- take take the boss of these other players over here." And uh, just uh, bring her before me. Just just sit her down in front of me, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a reward.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that happened, and uh, they very nearly lost that character, and they did temporarily lose another player character uh, to what happened with that. Um, so, mm-hmm. but that ended up working out because mo- mostly the players were okay with it. It was like, oh yeah, our party wasn't betrayed. It's just, you betrayed someone, an NPC adjacent to the party.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think
1: that's like a big difference. Yeah. Um,
0: like that time we betrayed the NPC that you tried to give us as a helper.
1: <laughs> I mean, you didn't so much betray that guy as him to a tree and he peed himself. Yeah. Honestly, that was on uh, that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember why we were so paranoid or whatever, but we were like, yeah, okay, we'll just, you know. <laughs> I was like, tie him to the tree and leave him there when we go to the dungeon, and at the end you were just like, yeah, I totally was trying to just give you guys a cleric to help heal you to get you through the dungeon. <laughs> like, oh, Fuck. It's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Tony Stark's getting a dagger.
1: Tony Stark uh or maybe he Black Mage saber. over
0: here. Ah, uh-huh. there you go. You sell that
1: I mean, what would he be without his
0: stabby tools? Uh
1: to stab fighter in the face.
0: Hopefully a Hadoken master.
1: Nope, he's been de leveled mm-hmm. Can't even give one proper Hadouken these days. Damn. You're kind of a shame, really.
0: all the cure spells, either.
1: Nope. Let's see if it, uh... Here lies Link.
0: Yep, there it is.
1: Yep, it's still there.
0: Hmm. Poor Link. Was killed by Final Fantasy. Although not really, because, you know, now I feel like modern Zelda is way more popular than modern Final Fantasy.
1: Uh, I mean, we're on a podcast called Drink to the Past, so I'm inclined to agree with you, but I don't know if that's true or not.
0: Yeah. I don't know, I feel like you hear pretty much nothing but good things about most Zelda games, and, uh... Like... I guess lately I've been hearing a lot, a lot of praise for final fantasy 14. Although at the time it, it came out, uh, it was like, nobody really gave a shit. They were like, why is final fantasy an MMO? It doesn't make sense. So that, but you know, whatever. Um, although everybody really loves final fantasy seven remake, it seems. So I guess, I guess it's maybe it's on the up and up. I don't know. But final fantasy 15 was kind of, you know, hit and miss. I really didn't like it. Um, it it had huh. things to like, but Final overall, Fantasy 14, like, you said. Weird. Final Fantasy 15, I really didn't like. Uh, ah. Final Fantasy 14, I don't feel like I've played quite enough to judge it. I've played it enough to judge that the, the they should have retooled the menu system to work better on consoles. That is what I'm going to say about
1: that. There's it's there's too many controls. Yeah, but it worked. It works fine on a PC, but. Mm-hmm. But, so I'm, I'm fine with it, but I am biased because I am a mm-hmm. much more of a PC gamer than you are, I think. be fair to say.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joshua Thompson in the YouTube chat says, No wonder you're dying. You kept buying weapons and armor instead of the one spell you need and can cast. Chris should drink for not having a cure on board.
1: What are you talking about? Red Mage has a cure. Yeah. There's a cure right there.
0: Well he didn't I get just the, don't like, cast the next it. level of Cure. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he also says, goes on, uh, he has played Final Fantasy XIV and he can see where it actually feels like Final Fantasy and an MMO. His favorite Final Fantasy since uh, Final Fantasy VII, which is... That's actually wow. some surprisingly high praise.
1: That uh, is incredibly high praise. Uh, if he
0: has Cure, why does your mama keep dying? <laughs> <laughs> because Chris uh, Yo Mama keeps use it. dying, and, and yeah, because it's... he's a glass can he he dies in like one hit from fuck everything.
1: If I used cure, then I would have to stop hitting, just mashing the enter button and attacking, <laughs> and I kind of don't want to do that. Also, Yo, I keep on seeing Yo Mama as Black Mage from Eight Bit Theater, and let's be honest, Black Mage from Eight Bit Theater deserves every bit of punishment he receives.
0: <laughs> that is surprisingly accurate. Uh- <laughs> yeah, um so far I can't tell that it feels like Final Fantasy, but again my guy's level 6. Uh, you know. So oh, it's I don't know.
1: It definitely has the cutscene thing down. Okay. I will I will say that as having played it a bit more than you.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool at least. Yeah, because from what I can tell, it feels like World of Warcraft with a controller for some reason. Except it's better than World of Warcraft because it's not made by Blizzard.
1: Yeah, because it's not made by Blizzard, and also because uh, I think everybody's expected to do d- DPS in the dungeons, including tanks and healers. So hmm, I, I definitely like nice. that a lot better in that, Yeah. yes, I'm the white mage who throws rocks at people and occasionally gives the tank a heal.
0: Yeah, funny story my brother Dan one time got booted from a World of Warcraft raid against the Lich King where uh he was pulling 1000 damage per second or something which is is that's low for a level 80 raider, right? And they booted yeah. him from the party. They said, "Oh, you're, sorry, you're not dealing enough damage. We're going to have to boot you." And uh he was he was in the voice chat on Ventrilo uh back in the day that was what we used before the discord came along and it was like look at us we're vent but free and uh but he was on the voice chat and right after he got booted he just heard somebody like yell into the microphone who the fuck just booted the healer (laughs) because he's pulling a thousand dps while he's healing it's like He's, at that point, he was just like, nope, I'm done. I'm washing my hands of this stupid-ass group. Uh, Joshua Thompson asking, what class do I play? Uh, I am playing, so far, I've made two characters. Uh, the one that I've actually played on is uh, Lancer, because I figured being a Dragoon would be pretty cool. And uh, cause I, I made characters on two servers, because I had some friends that played on one, Data Center and Chris... Plays on the other data center, so I made a guy on both data centers. Uh, the other guy is a barbarian, but or whatever the barbarian is called, um, is it's not called barbarian. This is some kind of uh, axe-using person, anyways. Um, but I haven't actually done anything on that character, but I tried the the lancer is pretty neat, and uh, I got like into the very basic combo attacks, which is actually kind of neat. I'm like, oh, it's so it's uh, very. It's kind of reminiscent so far, actually, of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 because they've got, sort of, things like that. Uh, it, and the auto-attacking really feels, especially with a controller, just feels a little bit like Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, that's, that's kind of the only other game, sort of, like it that I can liken it to other than World of Warcraft. because um, I don't, I don't play many MMOs or, or like games. Uh, Marauder is what the class was called. My brother reminds me, so I forgot what my guy was, so I have to drink. They, uh, both of my characters look identical. They're just a blue-haired anime cat boy, uh, because blue-haired anime boys are hunks. Chris can attest. All right, um, anyways, do you have anything more to say on betraying player characters in the party? Or, uh, shall we move on to our, uh, video game topic?
1: Yeah, if you're gonna do it and... First, I'd say be like, this is the kind of campaign where this can happen as like a DM, and then second, I would say, uh, you know, if you're going to do that, talk with your DM first so that you know you can you can work with you and introduce it at an appropriate time, and also you know make sure that other uh, the other player characters still get to have fun. Or the other players still get to have fun, not the player characters.
0: Yeah. I think, actually, if you kind of worked it up as a, a big, like, reveal partway through a campaign, and you were, like, talking with the DM about it, and getting some behind-the-scenes info for that, that might actually lead to some really cool interaction between you and the other characters. Um, I think... not sure how I would feel about that though. Like if, if I was playing a c- in a campaign and one of the other characters kind of went behind my back with the DM, I'm like that, that might add something to, I, I think I'd probably be all for it, but I can see like, you know, I would be hesitant to do it myself. Uh, cause you know, people can get butthurt, <laughs> and, you yeah. know, sometimes it, it, might just be a thing where I'm being too paranoid, but also, you know, like if I'm the guy that spoils D and D for somebody, then that sucks. Yeah.
1: No on one wants, I mean, most people don't want to be that guy. And if you do want to be that guy, then
0: uh, go play. You're League not allowed of Legends in instead.
1: Yeah. Go or Dota.
0: You're allowed. Actually, to Actually, don't a...
1: play Dota. I play Dota. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, you're what allowed chance to be a, a dick in League, League, League of, Legends. of
0: Legends. That's that's like I think that's a requirement.
1: Oh, yeah, it's a certainty.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so yeah, let's get into our video game topic. There's a mysterious ass red skull in our Discord server.
1: That would be Nick.
0: Oh, Nick. Nick! How you doing?
1: Are you just attempting to watch the stream there? Hello. Hello.
4: I could not find Chris's stream. I was like, it's telling me he's streaming, but I can't find it in any of my things. So I just hit Watch Stream to see where he was hiding. Oh,
1: well, welcome to the podcast.
0: <laughs> Yeah, Drink to the Past is the only podcast where Nick accidentally invades. That's it, what, hilarious, because I don't, I don't think anybody's ever accidentally invaded before, so it, uh, that's pretty cool. Want to talk about video games, Nick?
4: Sure. Uh, what's the topic today?
0: Uh, we're about to get into it, so perfect timing. Um, how about all them morally grave video games? Because, morally Crave? Uh, morally grave. Uh, morally gray. Yeah, um, I feel like I read an article about this, like right around sometime last year, right after The Last of Us Part Two came out. Uh, about there's a fair amount of video games in the media these days, and and other kinds of media as well, but uh, where like the protagonist is doing some shit that's like, it's not necessarily good. It's it's you know theoretically good maybe. But sometimes it's like kind of ambiguous or they're doing, you know, morally questionable shit for good eventualities or they're doing, you know, things that are good for somebody that may or may not be good for, you know, the rest of the world.
4: Well, I mean, if it's a game and it has things like a protagonist in it. I think as long as it's progressing the story of that character and it's aiming towards their motives, it's fulfilling its purpose as a game, right? A story driven game, that is.
1: Mm -hmm. So, what are you talking about specifically, Sean? Like open world games where you've got like a bunch of choices for factions that are like different and none of them is really right? Or are you talking about like a story driven game?
0: I guess either way you want to take it, because um, uh, I'll give you another example. I recently played through Ghost of Tsushima, and uh, one of the big kind of story points in that game is that throughout, like at the start of the game, you're all into the honorableness and being a samurai and all that, and, you know, bit by bit you kind of work your way into you know more stealth tactics which the samurai would see as dishonorable you know sneaking up on an opponent and and using poison and and those kind of things and and as you progress through the game the the gene sakai's character arc kind of goes from uh you know he's uh, at the start you know he's all into the honor and the samurai code and the follow all of this And, uh, but by the end of it, he's actually fighting his uncle to an extent. His uncle is still in that camp of, we are the samurai, we do everything the way, you know, we have for centuries, because that is honorable and that is just. But he's like, if I didn't fuck up the Mongols as brutally as I did, they would have taken over the island. So... You know, getting into that that kind of uh, morally questionable stuff, where he's, you know, he's he's fucking terrifying, <laughs> you know, but it serves as the means to an end, and it, uh, I think, it furthers the story and it furthers his character, uh, but I feel like. A lot of these kind of morally gray games, specifically more story-driven ones, but I, I think, you know, you could you could look at it any way you want as well. I think these same things could apply to, like, Fallout or whatever, where, you you know, you have lots of different options. Or, or uh, even story-driven, you know, games that are more choice-based, like Mass Effect or whatever.
1: Well, if you're talking about <clears throat> Fallout specifically... Mm -hmm. The first two fallouts had a pretty black and white karma system that you could choose to do things and uh, they would increase or decrease your karma. So you could end up being uh, known as the savior of the damned if you did like enough good stuff or you could be like the evilest person that ever existed and you could get traits like child killer Mm -hmm. where uh, most of the wasteland would refuse to deal with you. Uh, But I wouldn't call that morally gray, just, like, stark. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Fallout 3 probably had the worst implementation of that, Mm -hmm. and that your choices were either be, like, a decently good guy or just be stupid evil. Mm -hmm. Um, I think New Vegas did it best with its faction-based system, where there were legitimate... There were legitimate greys. Legion's still obviously pretty evil, but uh, past that, it's like, do you back the NCR, uh, even though they're kind of corrupt and decaying and inefficient? Do you back Mr. House, who's an efficient dictator, but he is a dictator? Do you throw them both out and work for yourself, and then take over the city for yourself, despite the fact that you know you have no idea how to run a city.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there, there there are points in that game where you can do things and what is and isn't the right thing to do is, can legitimately come into question, and the karma system kind of takes a backseat to factional politics.
0: yeah Uh, so go ahead
4: is there some like deeper question you have there when it comes to being quote unquote morally gray because I don't know a little confuses me a bit when you talk about it because everyone's just operating under the morals of either themselves or their faction be that their family or tribe or nation or whoever so what does morally gray even mean in the context of you're doing it for your own morals for your own good self for your own people
1: oh i i don't know if you have an answer to that sean but um, in terms of morality and like games and other media i would see that as the, the morally gray and gray versus say morally black and white I see that just as a lens through, kind of how media portrays things. It's like kids' cartoons are might have like more like unambiguously meant to be evil bad guys, and Star Wars, <laughs> where uh, something like say Game of Thrones might tend towards a lot of shades of gray, most of them pretty black, and then like a few people who are meant, pointed out to be heroes uh, kind of closer to morally white Um, let's see kind of sets the whole tone, it's more of a tone setting thing, I would think, than anything else
0: I think that's kind of one of the things that kind of comes up in the argument against this kind of thing. Because some people just want, you know, a, a bit more of an easygoing story that doesn't have to, you know, push itself into being morally gray for the sake of being edgy or whatever. And I don't think every morally gray story does that necessarily, but, you know... I think The Last of Us 2 did, you know, I think that game kind of was just like, it, it did a lot of things kind of unnecessarily, just to be a little dark, and I'm like, some of them worked out pretty well, but some of them were just like, okay it's dark, I get it, whatever.
4: So, I mean, if they're injecting arbitrary, you know, darkness or arbitrary bad actions to just, like, shock the audience, that seems a little cheap.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, look at how bleak we are. Yeah, even the good guys do bad things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'm it's... okay with good guys doing bad things if it's presented well, but, you know, if it just comes off as being edgy or whatever, then it's it, it's not always as interesting. It's uh, like
1: humanity's the real monsters again.
0: Yeah, that's just, never been done before. Just kind has of. It?
1: Yeah. It, well, it's just kind of lame because I'm like in a story where they're trying to portray morality as shades of gray, where they're actually trying to under where it's trying to present everybody as having legitimate differences. Mm-hmm. That can be pretty interesting. Yeah. But if it's just oh these guys are bad guys and then the good guys are also bad guys but they're less bad that's yeah. fucking stupid
4: that sounds really familiar
0: <laughs> yeah it's that's something i think the last of us 1 did better than the last of us 2 cuz the last of us 1 like you get into some fucked up situations you have to do some stuff that maybe the characters probably aren't proud of whatever you know and at the end of the game there's a particular thing where you know the main character does something that's really kind of shady but it's very true to their character and it does help somebody along the way and so i think that was presented very well but in the last of us 2 it's like you kind of have these two protagonists but they're antagonists to each other and you kind of play through both of their perspectives and I think that could be very interesting but at the end of the game neither of them really wins and you just end up being like confused because you're just like "What was the point of all that it was just like they got into some more interesting dark fucked up shit that it's like okay some of these scenes were very compelling at the time, but other of them were just like, why did that need to happen?
4: Can you be uh, specific of that? I never played this game.
0: Um,
1: Just, just slap like a spoiler warning out in front of this conversation, yeah. if anybody actually cares.
0: Spoiler warning. Yeah, if you haven't played The Last of Us Part Two, then... Uh, come back next week for something else. <laughs> um, cause you already got the table topic out of the way, so you don't have to, you don't have to come back for the table topic. Um, so the, the two characters, Ellie and Abby are basically going at each other pretty much the whole game. You start out like, Oh my you, Ooh yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, not 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 in an interesting, kinky kind of a way. Oh, uh, no. so like Ellie already has a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, Ellie already has a girlfriend, so that's that's all set up. Uh, and then drama happens there because drama, and it's it's vaguely interesting drama, but it's like it's, it's kind of unrelated to the rest of the story. Because uh, because her girlfriend gets pregnant partway through from another guy, and it's like. Hmm, What's going on? Uh, but I think they were dating before she dated Ellie. Anyways, this is, it's this whole thing. And it's like, it's not a terrible plot point, but it's, it's kind of unrelated to the rest of the, uh, story. Um, but basically like you start out, you play, uh, like a brief portion as Ellie and then a brief portion as Abby. And then their stories come together like in the very start of the game and uh abby murders somebody that is very important to ellie and you're like well why the fuck did you do that that guy was a good guy you need you you just came out of nowhere and beat the fuck out of him with a golf club that's not cool man and s- then you play like three days of Ellie's life basically hunting down Abby to get revenge uh because Abby is this shitbag came out of nowhere and fucked up your father figure just out of nowhere killed him and so you play three days of hunting down this person for revenge's sake uh and then right before it's gonna come to this Like, okay, now they're meeting and they're actually going to fight or whatever. Then it's like, hold on, rewind. Now you get to play the same three days from Abby's perspective. And I'm like, (sighs) okay, that could have been cool if I hadn't just spent the first 15 hours of the game hunting this person down because she's a shitbag, right? Now you're trying to present her as like a good character? And it's like, in the end, I think she was a decently written character, but that's one of these places where I think, I think if they'd, like, done, like, showed more of her perspective first, because it turns out that, uh, the guy she killed, his name is Joel, and basically in the first game, he busts Ellie out of a hospital, uh, where the doctor is going to kill her in order to make a cure for the zombie apocalypse, That's the morally great thing he does at the end of the last of us one is she's immune to the zombie apocalypse virus and they want to make a cure, but it makes her dead. So he kills everybody in the hospital basically and busts her out. Turns out the doctor guy is Abby's dad. So she's got a legitimate reason that they were just trying to stop the zombie apocalypse from fucking everybody up. And Joel came in out of nowhere much like Abby did and and killed her dad you know so it's like at the end of the day okay that was an okay story but it was told in such a way that it at times it just seemed like it was being dark and edgy to be dark and edgy and it ended up like overall very confusing because again at the end of the story Ellie and Abby both have chances to kill each other and neither of them take it. And you're just like, why did I spend 35 hours tr- playing two perspectives of people that wanted to kill each other for neither of them to actually kill the other one? It's, I I feel like it was a very confusing game at the end of the day.
4: I feel like I'd rather read a book. <laughs>
0: That's a fair way to look at it. Uh, my brother Josh in the YouTube comments I mean, again says, "But they can't subvert your expectations or something if they just show you the backstory up front." Which I have I mean, kind
4: of an old like story though. I mean, like,
1: if your story depends good
4: versus individual rights, that's I feel old. like
1: if your story depends on having a big twist to make it work, then it's not a good story.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh like uh, like a twist in a story is fine, but this it should make the story before it should be good and it shouldn't depend on the twist to make the story like work. Otherwise it's just if it makes the story before it that you were following before it worse then it's just mm-hmm. a bad story.
0: Yeah. Uh what were you saying Nick?
4: I was saying that the trope of, you know, what's better for the most people versus what's better for a few people, but the other people can't decide it. It's just kind of overused, in my opinion. It's just kind of a lame thing. It's, just, it's boring.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It's kind of like, oh, how many people will you throw under the bus to support yourself?
2: Mm-hmm. A thousand?
4: All of them? At what point are you the evil one for killing everyone else who wants to kill you? How many must die to justify your existence?
1: It's definitely been overused. I don't feel like it's necessarily bad, but yeah, it's been overused a lot. Mm.
4: I mean, it's just the trolley car problem with different
1: Trappings on it, mm-hmm. yeah,
4: and it's not even a problem, really. Mm-hmm. It's just the answer is obvious to outside observers with a decent moral. Right, so combo.
1: utilitarians, I don't know, is or the people on the other sides of the track a dick?
0: Probably. You That's don't why know. They built a track there to separate the dicks from the normies.
4: I the normies are dicks.
0: Uh, Josh, back in the YouTube comments, uh, expectation subversion is just overdone these days. Everyone thinks they're Shyamalan or Tarantino. Tell it in pieces out of order to make yourself seem smart or have a twist that changes everything. That's, that's kind of playing into what we're saying. Yeah, it's like...
1: I, I'm, I'm by no means saying twists are bad. Yeah. I think... But I am saying... Depending on a twist to make your story work is a bad idea.
4: As long as the twist makes sense, <laughs> like yeah. if it's yeah. a, like here's a twist that is arbitrary and makes no goddamn sense. Are like, you surprised? I'm like, yes, I'm like, surprised. Did you
1: like the story before the twist? Do you like the story after the twist? Do you like the story knowing?
4: Probably not. That happened the before the twist. twist after
1: the twist, the story was bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, well, not everything's written by M Night Shyamalan. So you know, right? He was really bad about just making bad stories, <laughs> and then depending on a twist to carry the plot, as if that made things better.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually watched many Shyamalan movies. Uh, I've I've watched a lot of Tarantino though, and I think Tarantino has a skill at doing whatever it is he does. Because it's like, at some point their pieces out of order, and but to an equal extent I feel like Tarantino movies are just finely crafted what the fuck. Like, you don't always know what you just watched coming out of a Tarantino movie. You just, either you like it or you don't. <laughs> it's just a thing. It's a Tarantino-ism. Kinda, I feel kinda like, like, uh... <laughs>
1: I feel like Tarantino doesn't depend on twists in the way M. Night Shyamalan does to. No. Make it be like, yeah, this is the interesting thing about this. It's, the twist shouldn't be the interesting thing about it. The twist should add, like, a new facet to everything. Yeah. If you're going to write a plot that has a. If you're going to write a plot twist. But some for some reason we're talking about plot twists and not like grayness and presentation of morality in video games.
0: Yeah. Um so do you guys like stories that explore these morally grey topics? Like is is that something that you like enjoy in storytelling games or otherwise?
1: Yeah, as long as they do it intelligently as long Mm -hmm. as they actually have something worth saying they don't pull uh, the cold equations and uh, write the story as stupid as possible to make to render the moral choice presented as you know pointless in like a real world context Mm -hmm. which uh, I'll, I'll get into that example after if Nick has anything to say
4: Well, I'd say that I don't like stories that focus on moral grayness because if you're focusing on the moral grayness, you probably have a pretty weak story. If anything, moral gray areas should be a byproduct of a good story. Sure, things will happen in regards to the protagonist's you know plot or whatever or whoever's making actions if in a story, but those you know gray area side consequences are going to happen. If they're exploring all of their options to resolve their objectives and kind of seeing how those objectives come together is what I enjoy in a story, but I'm not there for the moral grayness or any of that, though it is sometimes interesting seeing someone's morals be challenged in order to get to that objective. But I don't, again, watch to see them get their stuff challenged. It's because I'm invested in that character and that character's objective, and that's what makes their morals being challenged interesting Mm. not the challenging of the morals themselves
0: i think that's a fair kind of analysis i i because i like that kind of thing too what you what you just described like and and to an extent i like just the idea of challenging morals of characters but you know there there is a point at which you know it's not really heightening the character anymore, if that's the only thing that it ever does. You know, um, I got a little burnt out on The Walking Dead, for example, because it, you know, that that was kind of all of its plot points after a while. Um,
1: Humans are the real monsters, yeah. which is, a, it's a fucking dumb plot point.
0: I don't know, it, it well, know, I mean, worked for like, seasons. I, I was fine with it, but after I mean, do you know, 10, it was like, okay, now you're just finding more and more fucked up people in the universe, so it's, well, on top it's of just being Dragon like Dragon Ball Z with zombies and no Kamehameha's.
1: It's like straw nihilism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's also not realistic, because the first sign we have of civilization is somebody, is someone's bones being healed because they were set by somebody else in a splint.
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
1: It's just not true.
4: (laughs) Are are we talking like the Negan arc or do weird things happen after that? I'm not familiar.
0: I haven't really got much after the Negan arc. I think the Negan arc is where I really sort of started to drop off because Negan, I felt like was a very unbelievable. um, Villain. Because, like, he's just a dick to everybody, but somehow he's got 8 billion followers around the world, and that just...
4: i found him believable.
0: I don't know. That just, like, didn't seem to... Like, the fact that there were as many people willing to betray him at that time as there were, like, it makes me question why any of them started following him in the first place instead of them, you know, he being like, I'm Negan, bow down to me, and they're saying... No, fuck you, and killing him, you know. Also, there was, like, several points at which Rick totally had a chance to shoot him or or kill him somehow. And he just didn't. And I'm just, like, well, like, yelling at the screen. Like, Rick, kill him. It can be over now. And then they don't. And so I felt like the whole Negan arc was just dragged out a lot as well.
4: So if I heard you right, you said that at the end of it, he... Negan gets betrayed by his own people and they kill him,
0: right? Uh, he gets betrayed by some of them who are ready to kill him, uh, but actually uh, he, he doesn't end up getting killed at the end of what I've seen so far.
4: Okay. Well, that kind of character, I find that kind of belie- yeah, villain believable, not because it's a villain or necessarily. That's kind of what is referred to as a strongman. And he has obvious charisma and in that sort of environment where you know there's the walking dead killing people and civilizations falling apart uh chunks of civilization you know it's going to be the strong people who survive initially right Mm -hmm. your people who are well armed well resourced skilled at security and eventually they find people and they essentially offer them as compact like You work for us and we'll offer you security. And desperate people will essentially take them up on that. Mm -hmm. And before they know it, they're just chattel slaves. They're serfs. Mm -hmm. And that's effectively how Negan was operating. He and his goons were essentially a noble class of warriors whose objective was to provide security to what effectively became their slaves. It's feudalism. It's feudalism. That whole arc was about them expanding their empire and trying to basically get Rick and his gang to become a vassal of him. And that's something we've seen a lot of throughout history. So
0: Mm. I don't know. Uh, My problem with it, I think was just in the way that it was presented. Like Negan literally never tried to, uh, like you you say he had some kind of charisma and i i I honestly don't see any kind of charisma from him whatsoever all i see is a big dumb bully like telling people hey be on my side and then i won't kill you and i'm like that might work for the first few people but
1: you're not attracted to you're not attracted to bullies some people are
0: maybe i guess i don't know but i i just felt like he was it was unbelievable to me that By bullying and bullying alone, he ended up gaining as massive a following and as dedicated a following because there was a lot of other people in the show that were like just absolute Negan fanatics, you know, all buying into the I am Negan, we are Negan, you know, that whole thing. And I'm like, he as a character, I don't believe could have garnered that level of respect from like almost anybody.
4: He wouldn't get it from you, most certainly. But if you, it's not so much because he's bullying people. He, people aren't following him for that. It's because the way he carries himself, he's very confident at all times. He's always very calm. He's always very sure of himself. This guy has the presence of, this guy knows what he's doing. And in a chaotic... Deadly world. That's kind of what people crave.
0: I didn't think it seemed on like top of that, he, knew he, what he was doing. People. I thought it seemed like he just told other people to do stuff for him. And then he didn't need to know what he was doing. I, I feel like he just came yeah. across a totally different way to me, which I guess is this why is the... you know, everybody, you know, views things differently.
4: We never got to see him build his empire or whatever, right? But you can imagine it started small and he was just the leader of a small group and then it just naturally grew from there at some point.
0: Fuckface died. We have to drink twice. Everybody died. I have to finish my beer. That's That's a fair point.
4: I am stone cold sober.
0: On this podcast, go get a beer, you dick.
4: But I think that alcohol has been inhibiting my natural healing factor.
0: Have you not saved this entire time, Chris? I saved. Just am, uh... Starting a four white mages.
1: feel like I might want to try something else here. <laughs>
0: Uh, Josh in the YouTube comments here is saying, Negan is literally what made me turn off The Walking Dead. His first episode or two was the last of it I watched. Literally killed my interest in the show. And that's... Like, I had to kind of force myself through that season. I I think he was even the main villain for two seasons. Which I feel like he could have been the main villain for one season, and it would have been probably better for it. I, I don't think he was a villain that really justified having two seasons as the primary focus of the story.
4: Well, do you remember the, the arc that had the mayor Yeah, and his whole deal? Mm -hmm. I think Negan was just the show being like, this is what would happen if someone like the mayor was more successful and I know I kind of stopped watching around that time, too, because I'm just like, this whole situation is super bummer. They can't just kill the guy for once. They're stuck. Mm-hmm. And while that's kind of interesting, it's also, yeah, kind of a bummer, and I kind of didn't want to watch because it was sad.
0: Yeah. I think It was it almost like they were accepting the reality of the a dictator. Of, uh, In the end of that arc and how they kind of went about uh, punishing Negan, I think was an interesting way to go about things uh it's it's something that i've meant to get back into because i i didn't really stop watching because i didn't like the show necessarily because i i didn't like the villain but i feel like generally the character writing outside of that was pretty good and the the production quality has been phenomenal since day one so like i it's it's something that i would like to go back to at some point as well but uh i
1: think i think that's the closest thing we've had to a point in the uh in our talk here though is that if you're just going to be like oh yeah the bad guy always wins or like the obvious asshole always wins uh it just kind of turns a lot of people off yeah it's just not really fun to watch
0: yeah maybe that's it, it's,
1: part of it we're just like oh this guy doesn't have Visible redeeming factors. Mm-hmm.
4: It's just like, oh, look, it's the Uzbekistan dictator, but in Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to
1: watch this. I was like, do does he get his ass kicked uh, anytime soon? No, I'm bored.
0: Fuck this. I also personally really hate characters that are just a dick for no reason, like. From I'm fine with Breath like of the wild big... or bead from the latest Pokemon game or, or people people like that, right? I I'm just I just don't some... like them. They're just like why why are you even there? Why are you so much of it? Like if you have a reason to be a dick and it's interesting, maybe okay. If you're a funny dick, okay, sure, whatever. But like I feel like too often it's just like this character is the dick, and you're like why why is it there? And I feel like that was Negan. I hope
4: Negan was quite that trope but
0: there there's
1: just something deeply unsatisfying about a game where or a yeah a game or a show where oh yeah the villain just always gets away with everything and it it's not really all that fun to watch mm-hmm and, really? go ahead Nick
4: I would actually argue that Negan wasn't that much of a dick because mm. if you remember before he was even introduced the Rick the Ricktatorship had killed like tons of Negan's people Okay, by tons I mean like I don't know, dozens or so. They killed a lot of people. Mm. So Negan was well within his rights to execute every single character that we have been watching forever. And he had the ability to do so, and he chose not to. He executed Glenn brutally in front of them. And you can say, wow, what a dick. But really, he was being very merciful with them. He could have just killed all of them. Mm. But, you know, the show must go on, so... And he's kind of holding that over them the rest of the time and, you know, causes issues. Because
2: mm-hmm.
4: he wants to farm them. He wants to tame the wild humans.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But yeah, still a bummer situation for the main characters you've grown to love. Mm-hmm. It's basically rape. <laughs> right.
0: I see spells are 50 gold in this version. I feel like they were 100 in the original so that might, yeah. that might be an easier thing as well. But it's it's like it cuts out some grinding at the very start of the game. I, I don't think it's that big of a
1: deal. It's it's more it's, of a quality it's really of not that big than a than
0: anything. Oh boy, a cutscene. Go to that king. Hey, it's King Steve. Hey, it's like King the Steve. Where's this? Can I get a stoop here? Probably. Eat it from the anti-most bottom side. That's just, that's just <laughs> it's a, no another way of saying the top. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, All right. So anyways, um, I think we've mostly exhausted this morally gray topic that we've been kind of circumnavigating accidentally about. Uh, I mean, topic, so. I, I
1: would say we haven't we haven't come close to exhausting it, but we should probably move on for the sake of brevity.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, This, this we, we could talk more about it, but we aren't, and we're slightly past our quote-unquote target runtime. So, I think we'll move on now to our final segment of the podcast, where we talk about inane bullshit until somebody says something really awkward, and then I cut off the podcast. So,
1: uh, fun fact, I never watched The Walking Dead. Hmm. It just... um, First two
4: seasons are pretty good if you just like zombies and shit.
1: Yeah, I mean... I like shooting zombies. I'm not sure I want to watch a bunch of people try to survive in a zombie situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On TV. Like, I'd play Left 4 Dead, but...
0: you going to get Back for Blood when that comes out? What is that? It's like a spiritual success for, to Left 4 Dead.
1: Oh, uh, I might. Sounds
0: interesting. Yeah. Um, looks pretty cool. And it's... Uh, I think it's... Coming to Game Pass, so I might get it when it comes to Game Pass. Don't don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm suddenly unsure if whether or not it's coming to Game Pass, but I think it is. So yeah, that'd be fun for some co-op zombie bullshit. Because Left uh, Left 4 okay. Dead was like really fun back in the day.
1: So I I gotta say something that really bothers me about this version of Final Fantasy is how the White Mage. In the Pixel Remaster specifically, the White Mage looks like...
0: She's just, like, flipping off the camera.
1: Yeah, but uh, if you look at, like, late versions after you get the class upgrade, because it looks like the NES version, uh, it looks like like the White Mage transitions into a dude. Mm. Which, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but... It is a little jarring. It seems like a mismatch in the Pixel art styles. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I I always felt like the the regular white mage looks like a chick, right?
1: I feel like in the original Final Fantasy white mage, like, the way they drew the eyebrows is, like, intended to be pretty, uh, masculine looking, I guess. Mm. And then they changed it in, like, the pixel remasters, um not in the pixel remasters, but in like later releases, the they changed Game it. Like
0: Game Boy Advance and PlayStation. Like Game games? Boy Advance and
1: PlayStation and like PSP. Yeah. It's They changed it so that it was significantly more androgynous. Mm. And in this version, they're kind of doing both. Hmm. Maybe
4: it's just two kids in a trench coat. <laughs>
1: Maybe. And then they grow up. One kid replaces them and grows a beard.
4: That's oh, they have a beard? Even better. It's just two midgets in a trench coat then.
1: Yeah. They swap. What'd you say, Sean?
0: Uh, That's what you'd do if you were two kids in a trench coat, wouldn't you? Just grow a beard? Uh,
1: I mean, like, yeah, eventually.
4: I feel like that's a non-sequitur because I could never be two kids in a trench coat.
1: I mean, you have no idea what I can be.
0: Do we want to know?
4: I mean, I never said what you could be.
0: No, I, I,
1: that's not what I was saying. I was just saying a thing independent of the thing that you were saying. I know yeah. that it sounded like I it was mean, related to like the thing that you were saying. That's like walking up someone
4: on the street and saying, "You don't know me. Don't tell me what to do." And then they'll look at you and be like, "What the fuck? I didn't tell you what to do." That totally and, sounds yeah, like, exactly I'm saying something the kind independently. Of thing
0: that Chris would do.
4: I don't think, he, it's something he'd want to do. It's I don't think he actually
0: do it. It's something I would have done 10 years ago. I'm not sure if I'd do it today. Josh Thompson in the YouTube comment says two kids in a trench coat could both grow beards. The plot you Have thickens. both parents what? The two kids in a trench coat could both grow beards.
4: One on their face.
1: I don't like the way you phrase that.
4: Just talking about beards on faces, bro.